First uh, Peter chapter two, please. First uh, Peter two, and we will give me a few minutes here to uh, unpack what the Lord has has dropped in my heart. I believe for us in this season, you know, I uh, before I, before I say what I want to say, let me say that um, your children speak to you. Uh, prophetically sometimes, Isaiah says, here I am, I and the children God has given to me. We are signs and wonders. And sometimes our kids speak to us. Well, yesterday, my kids said, Let's, we want to do a show for you and mom. This was a common occurrence in our house, a Saturday show. They all dress up, kings and queens, and they do the, sometimes they make it up, sometimes it's uh, you know, a biblical story, but uh, they haven't done one for a few years. Harper's always the director, usually the star of the show. Um, <laughs> So we sit on the couch drinking our coffee Saturday morning. I think I've got a couple of pictures here. And they dress up. And they're doing a show for us. So yesterday morning, they start acting out the story of Esther, king, and a queen, Queen Vashti that did not come into the king's presence. And then Esther, who was put up for Miss Persia USA contest. And she was chosen as the most beautiful. And then the wicked Haman and the plot that came. And they start acting all of it out. And there were some plot holes and there were some backs turned to the audience and stuff we have to work on later. But as I was watching, read the story a hundred times, it's 10 chapters, it reads like a movie script, it's a beautiful story. I realized, as the Spirit was speaking to me about that, Esther replaced the queen who did not come to the king's banquet. Vashti said no. Esther comes in, at the end of the story, she's, she's unwinding all of Haman's wicked plot through the work of the Lord, and she's fasting and praying. Remember, she invites the king and Haman to her banquet. And he says, whatever you want, half the kingdom. And she says, come back for a second one. He comes back with Haman, whatever you, whatever you want, half my kingdom. And she says, end us of Haman. Wipe him out. And not only that, Secondly, reverse the decree that you made to wipe out all of the Jews. And as my little kids are sitting here unpacking this, I realize the first queen was Adam, the bride of Christ. And he was invited into the banquet and he said no. But the second Adam, Christ, is invited now by the bride. The, the, second, the second man is invited by the bride to come twice. And he shows up first. The bride of Christ, Esther, calls the king into the banquet. And he comes with the enemy first. The first time on the cross, right? And he comes again the second time, but this time to completely vanquish. And here we are as the Esther generation for such a time as this. The spirit and the bride say, come. You came the first time to the banquet, but we need him to come to the second banquet. Because we need Haman to hang from his own gallows, yes? And the song says the enemy, the devil's going to hang from his own gallows. We're inviting the king back to set all things right. Haman, wicked Haman, has a plot right now underfoot, but he will not prevail. It might seem like the end is close at hand, but he will not prevail. The church is here for such a time as this to fast and pray, to seek his face, to call on him to return. So thank you, kids, for my show. It was great. If you guys, yeah, good. That's all right. That's all right. 
Just as a reminder for you, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles here to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Stay with me for a few minutes here. Let me unpack this. As foreigners and exiles, I encourage you to abstain from sinful desires that are actively and increasing as the day grows darker, waging war against your soul and mine. This verse stopped me in my tracks this last week. What an amazing thought. What if someone was actively waging war against your house, whether you were there or gone? Your whole reality would be shifted into thinking about protection and warfare and strategies. And this is what the scripture is saying. There's an active momentum coming against you from sinful desires. Well, we know we were born into a cosmic fight. You were born into warfare for such a time as this. This, this word here, waging war against your soul, these fleshly lusts and desires that are waging war, it literally means making a military expedition against or a military campaign leading soldiers into battle or to fight. It's what the enemy's doing right now. And so we know because of the scriptures that we're soldiers. We're born into a fight. 2 Corinthians 10, we, though we're in the flesh, we don't wage war according to the flesh, but with spiritual battles, with spiritual weapons to, to fight our battles, to tear down strongholds. 1 Timothy 1, remember the prophecies made about you so that by them you can fight the good fight. And then Paul at the end of his ministry says, I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Ephesians 6, obviously, the armor of God that we get to stand, to stand, to stand, because you're in the middle of a fight. You were born on a cosmic stage. So as soldiers, it's important to remember that they don't do the same thing every time. Soldiers live for the will of their commanding officer. Soldiers do not get entangled in civilian pursuits. Their goal, 2 Timothy 2.4 says, is to please their CO. Right, soldiers and ex-soldiers in the room? That's your life's purpose. You do what you're told, when you're told. And if you do, you're a good soldier. If you don't, you're AWOL or you receive discipline for it. And so the Lord says, be a good soldier because you live in perilous times right now. And so what's been on my heart is that it takes discernment to navigate the seasons that we're in. I, as I've been praying for you, I prayed for you all by name last night. I had such a fun time praying for you. I'm praying for discernment to rest on you, that you would know the times that you're in and act accordingly. Soldiers have to know what to do at the right time. Sometimes they push forward, sometimes they pull back. Sometimes they hunker down. And we got to know what the commander is saying so it takes a listening ear. The scriptures tell us to flee four times. And here's what it tells us to flee from, to run away from, to make your escape and find safety and salvation by flight. Number one, flee from sexual immorality, 1 Corinthians 6. 
Number two, God's always providing you a way of escape, it says through temptation. And you're to flee from idolatry. 1 Corinthians 10, covetousness, which is idolatry. Number, number three, 1 Timothy 6, man of God, flee from the love of money. Flee from all this, it says. And right before that, it's talking about the love of money and the culture that desires riches. And number four, 2 Timothy 2, flee the evil desires or the passions and lusts of youth and pursue righteousness. That's what I see. Four times in the scriptures, it tells us to flee. Soldiers aren't always pressing forward. Sometimes they're running as fast as they can away from a certain place. Well, lusts, passions, and fleshly desires can be summed up as temptation. We are all tempted in various ways, in various forms. When we encounter temptation as soldiers, we are called to run from those temptations. Now, you guys remember the story of Joseph in Genesis 39. Potiphar's wife was attempting to seduce him again and again and again. What was happening was she was appealing to something inside of him. The Lord had purposes for his life. His brother in the well, the dreams, ruling Egypt. All these things were coming for him. But she was appealing to something inside of him. Fleshly desire there. That would derail the entire plan that the Lord had for Joseph's life. And so she was saying, I want you to exit the path of faith, Joseph, with me. Come, the, the, my husband will not know. No one will find out. And Joseph knew, if I do this, I'm sinning against the Lord because he knows. It does not matter who else does or doesn't get hurt. I'm sinning against the Lord. So she's saying, I want you to exit the path of faith with me. And Joseph ran out of that room. He fled. But he did not flee backwards in retreat. He fled forwards on the path into the Lord's heart. When we flee, it's not like we're cowards running away. We're actually getting tempted to exit. Here's my path right here. I'm getting tempted to exit. But instead, I run down the path forward towards the Lord's heart. So I want you to think about why these temptations come. And the answer is, just like it would have done in Joseph's life, these temptations for, for all the, the idolatry and the riches and the fleshly lusts and sexual immorality and all that, they short circuit and disconnect us from the good work the Lord wants to fulfill in and through us. So I want you to think about these temptations that come after you like a small hook that gets put in your nose. It's very, very small. But let me tell you what, if I tie a string on that, I can take you wherever I want to take you. It can be very, very small, but you will go. You will be led by those desires and passions. Flee. Run away, soldier. Get out of danger. Sometimes... We're called to stay and resist. Take a, take a write with me one page or so to 1 Peter chapter 5. Listen to this. Verse 8. Be alert. Have discernment. Have a listening ear, soldier. 
Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Flee all of this, but here at this point it says, stand. Do not move. Resist the devil. Well, we're called to be alert, to recognize that he's trying to to devour us. And then it says to withstand, to be alert enough to know what's happening to you. To be sober-minded to realize what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to move you and me from the ground of perfect victory, the hill of victory that Christ took for you and planted the flag. The flag of victory on the hilltop. The roaring lions attempting to get you to move from that hill of victory and stop walking by faith. Just like the seductions are trying to get you off of the path of victory and take a short circuit. So, this is why we take up our full armor, by the way, in Ephesians 6. We put it on so that we might stand, might be able to resist the evil day. Now listen, when, this is interesting, when, when we have temptations, we flee. When the devil comes at us roaring like a lion to make us afraid, we're called to resist. How does that look? What does that look like to resist? Well, the Bible tells us. Let's go to, to James. Take a left there to, to James chapter 4. You remember this. Fascinating how these link together. James 4. How do we resist the devil? Well, verse 7 tells us in James 4. Submit yourselves then to God. Come up underneath his rule and his authority. Resist the devil and he will flee. He will flee from you when you come up underneath the Lord's power and his protection. And then in that power and his protection, you resist the devil. It is written. It is written. It is written, Jesus says, quoting Deuteronomy to the devil again and again and again. This is why we love the word. This is why we have to be in the word. Let me ask you this. Why does the devil flee? When we submit to God, resist the devil, why does he flee? Well, it's the same reason earth and heaven flee and Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. Look at this. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and no place was found for them. That's why the devil flees. His presence So when I choose to hide myself under the shadow of his wings, I'm covered by his wings. Now, listen, why don't I I stand and resist temptation, everybody? Why do I flee? Well, because you and I are kind of like wounded gazelles, and there's no outrunning a lion as a wounded gazelle. There's There's no getting away from that. I'm sorry, I said that backwards. Why do we flee temptation? Why do we flee? Because if we do not flee, if we do not flee, we are basically staying against the devil on our own. God cannot be tempted. 
And he does not tempt anyone. So the interaction between the devil and us, God doesn't have anything to do with. It's like Joseph being tempted by Potiphar, Potiphar's wife. The woman and Joseph were the only ones in that interaction with the devil there. If we do not flee, we're standing in our own strength. Why do we stand? This is what I tried to say a second ago. Why do we stand? Because as a wounded gazelle, we cannot outrun the devil. It's hopeless to do that. But a wounded gazelle can call on mighty game hunters with rifles. And a lion is no match for game hunters with rifles, right? So we're leaning on the strength that the Lord provides us in that moment. So the scriptures say that we have options. This is, this is what I think is important for us here in this, in this hour. We have options to stand in our own strength or in his strength. We have the options to stay on the hill of victory that's been won by Christ Jesus, or we can exit the hill of victory. We have options to stay on the path of righteousness or try to facilitate our own strength and our own promotion, just like Eve did in the garden. She tried to stay in that temptation. Did God really say? And instead of fleeing to him, she stayed in the conversation with the devil, and she lost. If we choose, though, to remain and stay under the Lord's power, then the devil must flee. He will not bother us anymore, church. So there is sinful desire. There are sinful desires. There are fleshly lusts currently waging war against your soul and mine. In this hour, discernment is so needed. We must know what to do and when to do it. We must understand the moment that we've been born into like Esther for such a time as this. If we will agree with the Lord, I really, listen to me. If we agree with the Lord's purposes in this hour, the enemy will be put to flight. If we do not discern the Lord's purposes in this hour, we will continue to see ravaging, carnage in society, in the church even. This is why I'm begging you to dive into your scriptures to know the difference. I'm begging you, listen, listen, young people, if you are caught up in fleshly lusts that are warring against your soul, if you're caught up in sexual immorality, folks, if you're caught up in the love of money or idolatry, listen, listen, there is a way out. The Lord has provided a way of escape for you. It's different for each one of you. But there is no time that has been lost that the Lord cannot restore. There is a way for you to go that might look embarrassing, it might be humiliating, it might be whatever. But it's worth it. Flee from it. Get as far away. Disconnect. Cancel. Move away from. Shut the door. Whatever it takes for you, get away from that. And I promise you, the Lord will restore understanding of his purpose for your life. He will restore the years the locusts have eaten away. Now listen to me, second group of you. Those who are cowering in fear because the toothless lion is growling at you really loud right now. Listen, resist him by submitting yourself to God in this season. Stand firm. Do not be moved back and forth by the winds and the waves. You're wounded. I'm wounded. There's no outrunning the lion. 
Stay, hide yourself, and I promise you the devil will flee soon enough. Can't get his voice out of my head. He keeps shouting at me. I keep feeling condemnation. All of the weight, all of the burden, anybody know what I'm talking about? Round and round and round it goes. We don't have to live there, church. We do not have to live there. We can say, no, it is written. God is for me. Who can be against me? I'm chosen. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I've been redeemed in Jesus' name. We get our mouth moving. Some of you, it's a call to boldness and to step up and claim the promises that are in Scripture for you. And say, no, I will not think that way anymore. I will, I, yesterday, I'm riding my bike with my boys. We're going to Ace Hardware to get some bolts and stuff like that. I get overcome with waves of discouragement about my performance as a dad and a pastor and whatever, all this stuff you guys have heard me say before. Just waves, discouragement. I'm not, so I should be, I should spend more time here. I could, and on the way, with this beautiful bike ride, with my beautiful boys, this beautiful day, I got joy stolen away from me. He stole my joy for the moment. And then I kind of realized what was going on. I'm like, oh, just, this is silly. No, I'm a son. He loves me. I'm deeply loved. I'm pleasing in his sight. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this good weather. Thank you for my boys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it lifts off. Or I'm tempted, I confessed to my house church here a month ago, staying up late at night, playing chess on my phone. I know there's a little hook there. I love playing chess. Playing chess too much. Staying up late, doing it. Really felt the Holy Spirit saying, don't do this. There's temptation for you late at night on your phone, young man. Don't do it. I just kind of kept it myself. Kept on doing it. Felt more and more, and I knew I was approaching the moment when I could cross the line in that late night hour. You guys know what I'm talking about. I just kind of held it in because I wanted to do it. I wanted to do the thing. I'm like, ah, I have freedom to do this late at night. And finally, it's like Lizzie knew something was off. She says, what's going on? And I just told her. It's like, hey, here's the deal. I'm kind of crossing the line. The Holy Spirit's telling me not to do that. Stay away from temptation. I end up sharing it with our house church. They're sweet. They prayed over me and blessed me. I fled that. Shut it off. No, we will not be in that dangerous place alone. I will not try to fight that in that moment by myself. I'll say it publicly. I'll get it out. Yeah, does this make sense? Just rubber meeting the road here, guys. Soldiers have to have a listening ear. Soldiers have to have a willing heart to obey because they're born in a fight. There is no rest right now. You're either AWOL or you're in. You're either on the enemy's side or you're on the Lord's side. And by checking out and not being awake and sober, you're on the enemy's side because you're not fighting against him anymore. Listen, the enemy is not omnipotent. He's not omniscient. Only one place at one time. I wonder if everybody just woke up at the same time. I wonder if we all just woke up at the same time. I wonder how many troops would be called to Eldorado, Kansas because of the damage we were causing to the kingdom of darkness. I wonder if we stole away a whole bunch of, there's a limited number of troops in the darkness. I wonder if we stole a whole bunch of troops away from, say, third world countries or wherever, where they're wreaking havoc right now because of the work we did here in Eldorado. I wonder what that would look like for a bunch of soldiers to wake up and fight the good fight. 
Yes. All right, I got it out of my heart. Let's stand up, guys. Thank you, Lord. Just want to have a moment here, if you would. Just want to have a moment of reflection on this word today. Just want to ask if you, if the Lord is speaking to you in this word, to flee temptation, just to get it out of your heart. Just to say, hey, I'm weak. I need protection here. That you would receive ministry for that today. And if the Lord is speaking to your heart, that, hey, I've been beat up by that lion that's roaring. And I need help to stand and resist him. Would you receive ministry for that today? So, Lord, I pray for soldiers in here who need to receive a word of encouragement to be built up and blessed. I pray, Father, for soldiers not to go AWOL anymore, but to commit themselves to the fight, Lord. And I just pray that we could help each other. I pray for honesty, transparency, healing in hearts. And I pray that you would redeem what's been lost for those of us who have wasted time. I pray that we'd be people of your word. I pray that we'd have discernment, God, in Jesus' name, to know when to flee and when to stand. So I'm just going to ask you, if you want to receive prayer about either one of these things, would you just come forward here this morning? Let us pray over you. Let's just take a moment. We don't want to rush past this here. We want to bless each other. We want to be found protecting one another in the Spirit. So if this word touched your heart, if you want to receive prayer about any of this, just come forward this morning. You joining me up here as a weak, sympathizing brother, Lord, that needs prayer for this. Come join me up here if you want to receive prayer. Lord, I pray that you would do a work of deliverance now in Jesus' name for each one of us. Hmm. Awaken us, Lord. Sober us up, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. Bless you guys.